When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I am Erin. And I'm Monica. And today we're discussing chapters four through six of The Lightning Thief. All right, are you ready for this? We have a lot, a lot happens in these three chapters. I feel like because he kind of set us up a little like slower, he just mm-hmm. throws us into the deep end and was like, here's the plot. This is a children's book. We can't make it more than like, you know, 200 pages. So here is everything you need to know about Percy. Yep, pretty much. So on that note, we might as well just jump in because there's so much to cover. As a reminder, I, Aaron, am doing the odd chapters and Monica will be doing the evens, just summarizing them and we'll be discussing them, of course, together throughout. An overall summary of these three chapters is they're just jam-packed with information and just action. We start off with Percy, his mother, and Grover having to fight off a monster. Percy then manages to make it into Camp Half-Blood. And then is finally fully, I mean mostly, filled in on who he is and what is happening to him. Minus like who his mystery parent is. I know. Whoever it could could be. Possibly. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) i was like they can all be this stupid but it's fine it's fine it's fine we'll allow it we'll let it slip we're going to start off so with chapter four it's called my mother teaches me bullfighting i just adore these chapter names there's just me too so fun all right, mm-hmm. so it starts with Percy, his mother, and Grover, who, if you can remember from the end of the last chapter, is now pantsless and fully exposing his goat feet hooves. Hooves? Yes, hooves. I just had a thought. Hmm. If Grover is pantsless, yes. is he, like, fully, like, <laughs> what? Can you see his anatomy, <laughs> so to speak? Well, since he's on his hind legs, yeah, he's, like, fully... <laughs> Why is that not what a normal 12-year-old would be honed in on goat balls? (laughs) (laughs) So basically they head off into the storm that's like a hurricane that seems to be happening. And they're running from something. Percy isn't really sure what. His mom and Grover are freaking out about it. And during their car ride, Grover reveals that he's a satyr, which is a half goat, half man. He and Percy have a cute exchange where Percy's like, are you a donkey? And it like (laughs) ruins Grover's day. (laughs) And I can imagine. Donkey. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. And (laughs) thank you. You're welcome. Basically, we also have Grover finally, like, you know, bringing Percy in to the knowledge that Mrs. Dodds was real and was a monster. Like, Percy was not crazy. And they were trying to hide that fact from him. Not the crazy part, but the the monster part. Because apparently, the less that Percy knows about monster, the monsters, the less will actually come after him. And so they use the mist to erase everyone's memories and hope that Percy just thinks it's a hallucination. You know, just Hmm. emotionally traumatize this child. But it doesn't Hmm. work because Percy doesn't let go of the idea and, like, immediately like seize the fates Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Grover also kind of, let, kind of lets it slip that the Lord of the Dead and a few of his, he calls them, his bloodthirstiest minions are the ones that are after them. And then he doesn't elaborate because Sally doesn't let him. And then Grover says that the reason that they're freaking out so much is because the old women that Percy saw cutting the yarn were the fates. And because Percy saw them cut the yarn, it meant that someone, most likely Percy, was about to die. Mm. Ooh. Which is like, I'm like, okay, I understand if you don't believe in Greek mythology, obviously you wouldn't put like three old ladies, yarn, equal fates. But I was like, as soon as you see your best friend being like a goat, I think I'm like, oh, oh, good. I saw the fates. Like, I knew that. I'm a believer now. <laughs> Immediately. So with them cutting the yarn, though, because, I mean, spoiler for anyone who hasn't read the series, just, like, plug your ears for a minute. Percy doesn't die. <laughs> so yes. who is that yarn for? So is that's it supposed actually... to represent super interesting keep talking. <laughs> yes it does so i have read the last book the most out of all of the series because mm -hmm. i just love mm -hmm. final books especially if they're written well so in that one they actually mention the fates again and they mention this moment mm -hmm. so yes. to keep in mind who is the string for if yeah. not for percy yes mm -hmm. so anyway so percy's trying to process this information and he kind of obviously and realistically and i full of sympathy understand him having a panic attack because he's like oh, wait mm -hmm. that was a monster i fought and he's like going numb in his limbs the car is struck by lightning and thrown off the road nice thanks zeus thanks zeus there percy sees the minotaur in the distance coming to hunt them down and that's what they were had been trying to avoid on the road and had been chasing them the whole way through so in the car wreckage, Grover is knocked unconscious and, you know, in his typical 12-year-old humor, he Grover keeps saying food, like muttering it unconscious. And it's like, a, I'm sure the eight-year-old audience who, whom this was targeted to adored that, but I was like, oh my god, useless. Yeah, I, I again, on the, like, I feel, I don't want to be a Grover basher because I love Grover, but again, what is the point of Grover in <laughs> in the in this situation? The character growth is great. We're going to see Grover really blossom, but. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> on that note, um, they have to carry an unconscious Grover to a pine tree that his mom points out to and says that's the sporter of the summer camp that you need to go to. And Sally's also really knowledgeable of the Minotaur. She knows that it cannot see well or hear well, and it cannot change directions when it's charging. So using that information, they're like trying to avoid the Minotaur. And I'm just going to describe, like read out how they describe the Minotaur. So glancing back, I got my first clear look at the monster. He was seven feet tall, easy, his arms and legs like something from the cover of Muscle Man magazine, which I thought was hilarious, <laughs> bulging biceps and triceps and a bunch of other seps, all stuffed like baseballs <laughs> under vein webbed skin. He wore no clothes except underwear. This is me <laughs> More than Grover. I know. <laughs> I mean, bright white fruit of the loom, looms, loins, looms? loom, fruit of the loom. <laughs> I, I knew that. I'm sorry. I promise I'm not stupid. Have you never bought underwear, Monica? <laughs> not fruit of the looms. <laughs> Don't blame me for that one. <laughs> Which would have looked funny, except the top of his top half of his body was so scary. 
Coarse brown hair started at about his belly button and got thicker as it reached his shoulder. His neck was a mass of muscle and fur leading up to his enormous head, which had a snout as long as my arm, snotty nostrils with a gleaming brass ring, cruel black eyes and horns, enormous black and white horns with points you just couldn't get from an electric sharpener. Which is like, of course, like Percy's like, oh, that's like a natural, that's not store-bought sharpness, that's like a natural <laughs> sharpness. <laughs> No, it's an odd thing to comment on. <laughs> also, I love the idea of the Minotaur having his nose pierced. Like, who Me did too. That? Who, who did got, it? Who was able to wrangle the Minotaur and then pierce his nose? Or did he go and do it himself? Like, was did he spend hours, like, debating where to pierce, you know? I hope he went to did Claire's. Did he sit with his roommates? Did he go to Claire's? <laughs> the Minotaur at Claire's. <laughs> They'll pierce anyone. <laughs> I true. So yeah. basically this Minotaur is charging and they keep dodging him because he can't change directions when he's charging. So they kind of get his attention and then turn the corner and last minute so that the Minotaur can't get them. He's also a pretty <laughs> dumb Minotaur. He's, he's a cow. So the Minotaur in Greek mythology, I remember learning this in a class I took in college. It's like, because the story's super, super messed up. Um, we're like... I might totally butcher part of the story, so hold, on, hang in there with me. But it's the king of Crete, like disses, does he like won't sacrifice his like horse or bull or something to Poseidon, and so his best one he gives his like second best one, and so Poseidon gets mad. He enchants his wife to um <laughs> make love to a bull. Ew, no, <laughs> that's worse somehow. <laughs> That is worse. You know, doable. And it creates the Minotaur and they put it in the labyrinth and he, it's in the labyrinth and it's that whole thing. And I oh. think we learn more about it later. So Sally sends uh, Percy to the border of the camp and basically says, hey, I can't make it because I can't follow you into the camp. And while Percy's about to protest and be like, mom, you got to come with me. The Minotaur catches Sally and chokes her and Sally disappears with a beam of golden light. So Percy thinks that his mom's dead and is enraged and the bat and then battles the monster and ends up winning. He battles it by using his red jacket to get its attention, jumps on its <laughs> back, pulls off one of its horns and uses its own horn to stab it and it disappears like bursts into dust, disintegrates, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Percy then drags Grover over the camp border and then passes out. And the last paragraph ends with very ominous, very like, you know, this is a hero-centric story because it ends with, The last thing I remember is collapsing on a wooden porch, looking up at a ceiling fan circling above me, moths flying around a yellow light, and the stern faces of a familiar-looking bearded man and a pretty girl, her blonde Aww. hair curled like prin a princess's. They both looked down at me, and the girl said, He's the one. He must be. Silence, Annabeth, the man said. He's still conscious. Bring him inside amazing so i mean we went over most of my talking points but my two things that i was, thought was really interesting was grover mentions we put mist over the human eyes which is like very like possessive of the mist so i'm like do they control the mist the mist isn't super yeah. explained in this like series and i have more questions about it as an adult now than i think i had as a oh child. yeah 
but they do i mean i think it exists like as an entity but also they control it because there's certain characters that like can manipulate like like children of hakati can manipulate it and like hazel and heroes of olympus can manipulate it like certain mm. characters have like and apparently talia could too I didn't remember this, but they mentioned oh. it in Heroes of Olympus, and I was like, I don't remember Talia manipulating it, but apparently she did. I think okay. some characters are just, like, more in tune with, like, the magic. I guess it's, like, you know, being intuitive, spiritual. Yeah, but I don't know if, like, if someone is just sitting, like, behind a desk controlling the mist <laughs> always, or if it's, like, an entity on its own that that you can just manipulate. Please submit a work order to the mist. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be one to two business days. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was super interesting, Sally is like immediately on board with, uh, knows everything about the Minotaur that you need to know. She knows who the mom is, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. She understands how to fight it. And so I was just, I thought it was interesting. Like, do you think she already knew about Greek mythology in the same way that you and I do, where we're just uh, huge nerds? Or do you think that it was like, hey, I'm about to have a baby that's going to be half Greek god. I should, like, brush up my knowledge. Oh, I like to imagine her, like, researching when she's pregnant. She's like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? And she's, like, researching about all this stuff. But wouldn't it make you, like, kind of disturbed about the person you were just with? Like, I, I think if she reads all the myths, she's not going to want to be with Poseidon anymore. <laughs> oh, that's true. So it must have been, like, an after the fact. Or even, like, after Percy's born and, like, all this weird stuff is happening to yeah. her child, she has to go research, which is, like, you know, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> My last thought before I hand over the chapter to you is I cannot believe that 12-year-old Percy defeats the Minotaur with no weapon. And right? Like no, like, no wonder Annabeth is, like, immediately, like, he's the one. Right? Yeah. It's, like, very impressive. I, yeah, I didn't find that as impressive when I was a kid and read it. I was like, oh, yes, exactly what I would do. And then <laughs> now I'm like, how did that child do that? <laughs> Just, like, jumps on its back. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that, too, same. Yeah, same. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. It's pe- it's just pinnacle pinnacle yes yeah yeah long story short um both of us had been saying it wrong forever <laughs> i thought it was pinnacle monica <laughs> thought it was pinocchio <laughs> i didn't it's even pinnacle. try <laughs> you just saw a pin and you were like, like pinocchio. there we go pinocchio. There's, there's a c in there it could be there French. is yeah 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 i don't know so chapter five i play pinnacle with a horse All right, so this chapter starts with Percy dreaming about barn animals, which I thought was a weird thing to mention because normally the dreams are like very relevant, but he just casually is like, I dreamt about barn animals. But maybe it's because he like saw Grover as a satyr. He's maybe just he's, processing this. His brain is trying to put the anatomy correct. He's like, where are his balls? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where are they? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Um, and so he's super out of it, and he wakes up a few times and sees that same pretty blonde girl hovering over him and spoon-feeding him, and he recalls that in, in one of his moments of consciousness, she demands to know what's going to happen at the summer solstice. And Percy is like, what are you talking about? And doesn't know anything that's happening, and then he falls back asleep. And he wakes up another time to see a many-eyed man watching him, which we know is Argus. And I love oh. that Annabeth... I definitely what? thought, I was like, read that, and I was like, that's a weird thing to happen. I definitely forgot about Argus. 
I was like, is that Luke? But like weird and I blonde. Dawn. I didn't even dwell. It's the Pinocchio thing. You were like, again. it is. You're just like, huh. Nice. Nice. Um, I do love that knowing Annabeth, that she is like nursing him back to health and spoon feeding him, but knowing her character, like, you know, she volunteered for that just so she could be alone with him to ask him about the quest. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, she had no interest in nursing this child back to health. She just wanted to get information from him, Hmm. which I love. So when Percy finally wakes up for good, he's at a desk chair on a huge porch, gazing at a meadow of green hills. Which I found so funny that someone had to place him in a chair with, like, a nice view. Like, and he has, like, blankets and pillows and stuff on himself. Like, someone took him from a sickbed and placed him on a chair outside. Were they like, okay, we have to make sure he doesn't get pneumonia from lying down, so we're gonna just, like, stick him in this chair. Good luck. I think they were like, we want him to wake up to a nice view. (laughs) I was like, who did that? Was it Chiron? Was it Grover? I don't know. And he's just like very startled. And he finds that Grover is there, just chilling by him, wearing a bright orange shirt that says Camp Half-Blood on it. And he notes that Grover is no longer a goat. Percy's all like, phew, like he got legs, we're good. I think I just dreamed it all. That was really weird. But then Grover pulls out a shoebox, and inside of it is a minotaur horn. The minotaur horn that he just used to kill the minotaur, and he gives it to Percy. So it turns out that Percy has been out of it for two days, and Grover confirms it all happened. That he just has pants on, he's still part goat. (laughs) He's wearing (laughs) pants this time. God bless. Um, God bless. And that they battled the Minotaur, and worst of all, that Percy's mom is gone. So Percy is really distraught, but he doesn't really have enough time to dwell on it. So, and Grover's also really distraught because he's like, I failed to protect you, not again. And I'm like, well, Percy made it fine. So, like, at least Percy didn't die. Listen, can Grover we just did like something. hop back on that train that you started on? earlier the grover bashing one i was just like i love grover though i know i think i i think i like him more once he stops being in this protective role and he's just a friend and a companion because he just sucks as a protector like for example (laughs) if my protector well i'm like my mom just died and i'm going through a lot right now and my protector starts crying and i have to comfort my protector i would be so because he failed to protect me yeah yeah Mm -hmm. And I'd be like mm-hmm. having to like be like, oh no, it's okay. I would just be like, no, cry. Whereas like over like, my friend, I would be like, yeah, no, we went through something really traumatic. Let's like, you know, be there for each other. So like, I'm just gonna be on this train for a couple minutes and just you know, pull the horn or whatever it is and keep going that way. Is this, like, is this a hot take we have? <laughs> a hot take. Grover, Grover is a terrible protector. <laughs> Honestly, it's not that much of a hot take. Like, it's a pretty no. universally known. He's a great friend, terrible at friend. his job. No. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. True. And so then Grover kind of sucks it up and <laughs> is like, come on, we have to go see Chiron and Mr. D, the camp director. And Percy just, like, he doesn't really have time to dwell on the fact that, you know, the gods are real and also his mom's dead because that he's is a just theme swept along. In the next, like in these last three chapters is Percy gets a lot of information and is not allowed to process it. He really isn't. Like, I'm like, this kid never got to process any of this information. And so as they're walking along, we get our first glimpse of Camp Half-Blood. 
There are ancient Greek-style buildings. There's an amphitheater, volleyball pit, canoes, archery, etc. It sounds like a super fun summer camp. And then Percy and Grover meet Chiron and Mr. D, and they find that same blonde girl hanging out with them, which I think is hilarious that Annabeth just hangs out with the teachers, basically. <laughs> of course she does. I just was like, Annabeth literally has no friends. Like, I yeah. love her. And, like, it's kind of a mood. I'm, like, same me when I was 12. But... <laughs> oh, 100% um, she's just she hang- becomes popular because she's, like, yeah. like, hanging out with Percy. Yeah, and she's, like, badass. But, yeah. yeah. She doesn't... She clearly um, lacks social skills with her with her peers. <laughs> so, Mr. D is... I love the way he's described... Percy describes him as looking like a middle-aged cherub. <laughs> in a tiger print Hawaiian shirt. And then he's, he's like properly introduced to the girl. Her name's Annabeth Chase. And he realizes Chiron is a familiar face. It's Mr. Brunner. And Percy's kind of like, hey man, what are you doing here? <laughs> he has no hard feelings toward this man who like lied to him about monsters existing and everything. And so Chiron asks Annabeth to go get Percy's bunk ready, and she glances at the Minotaur horn, and Percy's like, "Mm, yeah, bring it, compliment me. She's gonna think I'm so awesome. He's, like, watching her eye, like, eye the Minotaur horn. But then she just says, you drill in your sleep, and then runs away. (laughs) Again, on the social skills. (laughs) I love her. We then find out that Chiron has been teaching at Yancey Academy as Mr. Brunner just to watch Percy, which again, like Mrs. Dodds, a character who spent a year as a teacher just for Percy. That's like a lot. Like, did they have to learn their... I mean, at least Chiron like knew his subject. He lived through it. (laughs) Well, I also don't understand. Like, what... So Chiron literally was there the whole time just to give Percy the sword. Like, he couldn't have gone and killed... (laughs) mrs dodds like at the teacher's lounge and like been like oh no that the monster is gone like he had to wait till the monster revealed itself to percy threw percy a sword and was like good luck and he was like i was there for your protection percy useless yes yeah also he like he says he's there he was there because like percy's a special case and i'm like so clearly they knew that percy like could have had like could have been a big three child could have been the prophecy child but I don't know why they waited a whole, like, they found this kid. They waited an entire year at the school. It was June. Like, (laughs) it's like in Harry Potter, how they always wait till the end of the year to attack. It's like studies first, young one. (laughs) We care about school and, like, also developing friendships. Yes. (laughs) Chiron begins to fill Percy in on all things related to how Greek mythology is not mythology. So the gods are real, like the Greek gods, and Mr. D himself is a god. It's Dionysus, son of Zeus, who has been punished to be the camp director at Camp Half-Blood because he tried to get with a wood nymph. And, to make matters worse, the god of wine has been cursed to live without alcohol. So he keeps trying to, like, fill his glass with wine and then he can't have it, and so he just keeps drinking Diet Coke instead. That's his, uh, non-alcoholic beverage of choice. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) I know, I do not like Diet Coke. No. Or Coke in general. So Chiron tells Percy that the Greek gods are in America and that they move with the heart of the West. Um, which I think is interesting. I actually find that, like, uh, the cons- like the concept of, like, um, like 
existing but modifying themselves to like whatever culture they're in is super fascinating and so percy asks like percy's like who am i and chiron's like we don't know and then he's like percy's like who are you and then because he hasn't realized he hasn't made the connection that it's like the chiron for some reason after a year of taking like latin history and greek history he didn't remember chiron and then chiron stands up out of his wheelchair I know, like, did yeah. Chiron not teach about himself? Was he being yeah. modest? Or did he spend, like, a whole unit on just Chiron? <laughs> I would love that. Me too. So Chiron then stands up out of his wheelchair, and boom, he is a horse. Uh, I'm also <laughs> wondering, is are his balls also out? <laughs> no, because he's on all fours. So, like, yes, in theory, but, but in the same way that a normal horse is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not, but, like, he's reared not... up, you... you what is the horse anatomy like? Yes, if you I mean, they it up, you'd see. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're going to be like. We're going to just talk about the anatomy of satyrs and centaurs. centaurs. Oh, dear God. And do centaurs wear, if they wear pants, like that thing of like a horse wearing pants, is it just on the butt or is it on all the legs? <laughs> it's just got to cover the balls, man. It's just got to cover the balls. Again, yeah. I mean, this is a children's book, but any 12-year-old, that that's straight where the eyes would go. <laughs> oh, God. And Percy's just kind of standing there like, what? And Chiron's like, let's go meet some campers. And the chapter ends. So a few notes on this chapter. I didn't mention it in the summary, but we do get the first taste of nectar or ambrosia. I'm not sure what it is in this. Whichever one dr- is drinkable. The nectar. we get the first taste of that percy says that it tastes like um chocolate chip cookies his specifically his mom's homemade chocolate chip cookies also i wanted to note that on page 66 of of my copy at least they mention the orientation film like chiron is like there's too much to tell our usual orientation film won't be sufficient and percy's like what which i love because this is a thing that's referenced in It's referenced, I'm reading Trials of Apollo right now, and it's brought up in Trials of Apollo. And it's also in one of the, like, companion books, I think in, like, the Camp Half-Blood Confidential or one of those or something. But it's mentioned as something, like, the campers all really hate, and apparently Apollo himself created it, and he stars in it. I can imagine it's, like, a home movie, like, edited in iMovie with the transition slides, and it's just, like, horrible. Oh, I would love to see that. I want to see it. I want to see it so bad. So, and my last note that I had is that I just generally think that Mr. D not being able to drink wine is like a brilliant plot device because otherwise he'd be wasted this entire series. But then he's also like the funniest god to have at the camp because he has no interest in the camp. And he hates children. And he can't drink. And he hates children. So it's just like the funniest, like... The best way to create a story where, like, the children are su- are very unsupervised is just, like, put Mr. D or someone like Mr. D in charge because it's great. I love oh, it. You know, if Hera was, like, the one in charge, it would just be so orderly and no one would get out of line oh, and it'd be, like, it'd be a little terrifying. bit of a dictatorship. Yeah, but, like, organized and supervised and motherly in a way. Yeah. 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 There we go. That's that. That's our chapter five. All right. I will start with chapter six. It's called I Become Supreme Lord of the Bathroom, which I, again, Mm. 
adore. It also is nice because I've obviously read this book before and then the chapter titles like should tell me exactly what happens but I'm also like I have no idea what happens in this chapter. And I'm like okay obviously something to do with water but I don't have a, a lot of memory of it so it was kind of fun to reread and be reminded. So basically after Percy gets over the initial shock of his Latin teacher being a centaur they take a tour of the camp. He passes by the volleyball court and the other campers have clearly heard about his heroic fight with the Minotaur because they all start like nudging each other and pointing as he passes, which is very subtle, you know. <laughs> Most of the other campers seem to be a lot older than him and they have like ma matching bigger satyr friends as well. So he's mm -hmm. like, okay, one of the younger, which I always assumed he was one of the older ones. I guess I just Who don't was? read Grover? that. No, Percy. Oh, no, he's way younger. Which makes sense why um, Chiron was like, I don't know if you were ready to join us yet. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's yeah. way past the age. But and now <laughs> I like realize that that's not a real thing. <laughs> I just don't think I read very carefully. I was just too excited <laughs> Probably not. as a child. Like, Gods are real. <laughs> he realizes that the farmhouse that he saw and he was running towards is actually a lot larger than he originally thought. And he sees something watching him from the attic window. Ooh. And he was like, asks Chiron this. He's like, is there anyone who lives there? And Chiron's like, not a living thing lives there, which is the truth. But also, again, why do they have to be so ominous about everything? <laughs> Chiron <laughs> loves the drama. He does. And that makes sense. I mean, he's been mm -hmm. around for so long. He has to live for something. Yeah. They walk through strawberry fields where campers are working. And this is apparently how the camp gets a bit of its income through strawberry export, where they either sell it to Olympus or to like fancy restaurants in New York City. Nice. And the strawberries grow like crazy because of Mr. D, which so it's a perfect situation. It's also like hinted a little bit that um, what we know later is that it doesn't rain at Camp Half-Blood. Mm -hmm. Like they control the weather because all of their mess hall and everything is outdoor seating. Mm -hmm. but that's not explained it, Chiron's just like why would it rain and then walks away from Percy <laughs> like, okay. Percy's worried about Grover getting in trouble because like again he's not a good protector but Percy loves him he's a good friend and Chiron explains that this is actually Grover's second chance and that at 28 years old which is how old Grover is which uh, is young for a satyr isn't it like yeah, don't they have really long lives yeah it's a half it's like they grow half as fast as humans so Grover's mm. like what 14 yeah, yeah yeah okay so he failed so which is crazy so five years ago which would be i guess two wait 10 years ago in for Sater him time? wait no wait am no, i doing math what's, wrong what's 28 minus five that's 23 so like mm -hmm. half of 23 he'd be like 13 11 and a half oh yeah i did math wrong <laughs> Can you believe I'm do I do math for a living? Anyway, it's continue. fine. Yeah, it's it's adding. You it's adding. <laughs> anyway, so he had failed after a previous attempt five years ago, and it also went very poorly. Though um, Chiron doesn't give any additional information, which is a theme. Mm -hmm. So Percy then starts getting the idea that you know, since, since gods are real, there's a chance that he could go to the underworld and get his mother, which is like the soundtrack of Hades Town started playing in my head, and I was <laughs> like, oh, that's not a good idea. And Chiron like it's like, don't even go there, like don't even think about going there, like in your mind, because mm -hmm. we don't even first of all have all the information of what happened to your mom, 
And also, like, this is just a bad... You're 12. Like, sir, calm down. <laughs> Sends him on another mission instead. Anyway, right. Yeah. So, Karen kind of starts prepping Percy for Capture the Flag, saying we're going to have to get you armor. And they have a very dense, fully stocked wood forest area where um, the Capture the Flag is going to take place. Again, does not elaborate. He, he just fails to elaborate constantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, he takes Percy to the cabins, which are all arranged in a U and all are very unique from each other. So I was just going to say, except for the fact that each had a large brass number above the door, odds on the left side, evens on the right, they looked absolutely nothing alike. Number nine had smokestacks like a tiny factory. Why don't you shout? Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you shout out who do you think is? Okay. Number four. (laughs) We're in sync here. There we go. Number four had tomato vines on the walls and a roof made out real glass. Yeah. Seven seemed to be made out of solid gold, which gleamed so much in the sunlight, it was almost impossible to look at. Apollo. They all faced a commons area about the size of a soccer field dotted with Greek statues, fountains, flower beds, and a couple of basketball hoops, which were more my speed. We get it. Percy, you're a jock. (laughs) You're a sport boy. (laughs) In the center of the field was a huge stone-lined fire pit. Even though it was warm afternoon, the heart smoldered. A girl about nine years old was tending to the flames, poking the coals with a stick. Which I didn't pick up on the first several times I read that. What am I supposed to pick up on? The nine-year-old girl. Who is that? Is that someone I'm supposed to know? Yes. Oh. Who is it? Who tends to the heart? Hestia? Yeah. That's Hestia? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's so interesting. I didn't know they dropped that in there. Yeah. So she comes and she mentions in uh, the last book that like, you know, I'm always around camp. Yeah. And no one ever noticed. Oh my gosh. We should track her if she appears again. Oh, I'm going to pay attention now. The pair of cabins at the head of the field, number one and two, looked like his and hers mausoleums. (laughs) which I thought was funny big white marble boxes with heavy columns in front cabin one was the biggest and bulkiest of the 12 it's like Zeus we get it like stop we get it its polished bronze door shimmered like a hologram so that from different angles lightning bolts seemed to streak across them cabin two was more graceful somehow with slimmer columns as of course it's slimmer (laughs) of course and maybe has eyelashes too (laughs) his and her his and her (laughs) garlanded with pomegranates and flowers the walls were carved with images of peacocks so he's like oh zeus and hera and he's like that's correct and so then he percy kind of thinks okay so there are 12 cabins for 12 gods of the 12 Olympians, particularly, which makes sense. They're the mascots of the cabin. He hasn't put two and two together yet. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he actually accidentally walks in to cabin three, which is Poseidon's cabin. And he's like, it's really dusty and it's like hasn't been used in a while, but it's beautiful. It's got like ocean, everything, coral, seashell. Again, we get it, Poseidon, but you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he walks by cabin five and sees like everything's like red and like grunge. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, the metal cabin i know the metal's like everything's just like Ugh. the kids they're are all rest- listening they're all listening to screamo no they're all wrestling actually <laughs> no actually they're wrestling oh i love it and there's a mean looking girl that reminds him of nancy boba fett who's staring him down and he's like that's weird actually this is the moment he realized chiron is chiron by the what? way what yeah so he real what did he like just 
before, so when he, in the previous chapter, when he saw Chiron yes. come out of the chair, he was like, another centaur named Chiron, but not the Chiron. Yeah, <laughs> he was be. like, oh, you you were named after the Chiron. I mean, Perseus named after Perseus, and he's not the true. Perseus. True. So he just, like, stares at him, and he's like, what the hell? Are you the Chiron? <laughs> and he's like, you trained Hercules? And he, like, loses his mind a little bit, but, like, again, doesn't have time to process. So uh, they meet up with Annabeth, who is reading an architecture book in Greek. Like she's I love like, her. <laughs> the worst. She takes Percy to cabin 11, which is overcrowded and really old and worn looking. And there's a bunch of kids in there. And they size him up and ask him if he's a regular or undetermined. He also, I love that, like, the way that he wrote Percy walking in. He's like, everyone's watching me, so naturally I tripped on the way in. And I <laughs> felt that in my soul. <laughs> And so Percy doesn't really understand what they're asking when he means like regular or undetermined. And Annabeth keeps answering questions for him. And Classic. Then we're introduced to Luke, who I am going to read you about. The guy was about 19 and he looked pretty cool. He was tall and muscular with short cropped sandy hair and a friendly smile. He wore an orange tank top, cut off sandals, and a leather necklace with five different colored clay beads. The only thing unsettling about his appearance was a thick white scar that ran from just beneath his right eye to his jaw, like an old knife slash. Also, Annabeth is like, when she mentions Luke, her voice changes. She's like, this is Luke, because she's already <laughs> blushing and just uh -huh. like losing her mind. And Percy like immediately notices. He's like, wow, <laughs> this girl yep. has no chill, has no friends. And is yeah. immediately, yeah. 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 Also, so, Luke, they did Luke dirty in the movies because, like, Luke sounds really hot in the he's books. He's supposed to be really hot. I mean, hot. they did everything dirty I in know, the movies, but... If you're gonna nitpick, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, they're like, oh, we're in the Hermes cabin. You can kind of put your stuff on the ground. And Percy's like, I don't really want to. You're, the, you know, Hermes is the god of thieves. But does it anyway. And Annabeth is, like, embarrassed for Percy. He's like, how do you, like, how do you not know anything? And then, you know, he's, like, finally the person who explains everything to him. He, she basically mm -hmm. explains monsters are real and that he's a half-blood. She's like, why do you think we're assigned to certain cabins? And he's like, because mascots. And he, she's like, no. <laughs> you know? And she's like, it depends on who your parent is. And he's like, Sally Jackson is my parent. <laughs> I love him. Where's the Sally Jackson cabin? <laughs> and she's like, your dad. He's like, I don't know my dad. Do you know my dad? He's like, he's like, I mean, I don't know who your dad is, but we have an idea of who he could be. And that just doesn't sit well with them. And it just continues going on. So then we kind of get explained why, you know, all demigods have dyslexia and probably ADHD too. He's like, so taken together, it's almost a sure sign. The letters float off the page when you read, right? That's because your mind is hardwired for ancient Greek. And the ADHD, you're impulsive, can't sit still in the classroom. That's your battlefield reflexes. In a real fight, they keep you alive. As for the attention problems, that's because you see too much, Percy, not too little your senses are better than a regular mortals of course the teachers want you to be medicated most of them are monsters they don't want you seeing them for what they are yikes Jesus. <laughs> don't take Wasn't your meds he, kids rick was a teacher before these books took off so that's kind of funny that's funny <laughs> self-dig so percy is like trying to I digest this information he's like just been told that he's a half-blood and he doesn't even get a moment because a girl named Clarice kind of comes down from the Ares cabin, which was the, you know, grunge, metal, everyone wrestling cabin. And she's um, 
ready to fight the newbie. And so she's like, oh, this is, you know, Clarice, the daughter of Ares. And Percy doesn't have a, like, he's not great with people either. His social skills are not mm-hmm. great either. And so he immediately starts a fight. And Annabeth doesn't get involved because she's like, and you know, there's like the unspoken rule of children of like, you know, you got to earn your keep. You're the newbie. You got to fight your way through this one, which is the stupidest thing ever. Yes. They're 12. They're 12. (laughs) Calm down. And Clarice is probably much older too, right? I think that she's a year older than them. Okay. At least there's that. Yeah. So basically Mm -hmm. Clarice grabs him by the neck and drags him towards the outhouse. (laughs) And he's, like, trying to fight back, but Clarice is just, like, a stocky, powerful Amazonian woman. She's just incredibly strong. (laughs) Also, her dad is the god of war, so she just, like, tries to dunk his head in the toilets, and she's got, like, all of her friends, you know, jeering her on, like, yeah, let's see this new kiddo, um, you know, get his head dunked in a toilet. And then Percy feels like a tug in his stomach, and I'm just going to read what happened. I heard the plumbing rumble, the pipes shudder. Clarice's grip on my hair loosened. Water shot out of the toilet, making an arc straight over my head, and the next thing I knew, I was sprawled on the bathroom tiles with Clarice screaming behind me. I turned just as water blasted out of the toilet again, hitting Clarice straight in the face so hard it pushed her down onto her butt. The water stayed on her like spray from a fire hose, pushing her backward into the shower stall. She struggled, gasping. Her friends started coming towards her, but then the other toilets exploded too, and six more streams of toilet water blasted them back. The showers acted up too, and together all the fixtures sprayed the camouflage girls right out of the bathroom, spinning them around like pieces of garbage being washed away. And then when the water stops, the tug in his gut also loosens. And he realizes everyone is soaked except for, miraculously, him. And the chapter actually, I know, the chapter ends with Annabeth being in awe and being like, I want you to join my capture the flag team. And it ends there. Nice. I wonder who his father could be. Yes, so I want to go back to last episode where I tried to defend everyone, where I was like, you know, maybe they're just in disbelief. You know, they don't think of Poseidon because Poseidon, (laughs) but... Clearly, throughout this entire chapter, everyone's whispering because they think he's one of the big three. Mm-hmm. So we okay, we've narrowed narrowed it down because he has a mother. So clearly, biologically speaking, he's his godly parent is a like a dude. Yes. So we've narrowed it down there, and then he might be one of the big three. So we've narrowed it yes. down again, and also yep. his power is water. Who could he be the child? Who? How does it take, like, another, I think another episode, I mean episode, another episode. chapter <laughs> or two for them to, like, finally believe that Poseidon is his father? It's impressive. I, it seems like Annabeth is the only one who's, like, cued in on it because she's just, like, in awe of him and, like, I want you on my team. And she's clearly, like, cueing into, like, he's, like, very powerful. But I don't know why nobody said anything. I don't know why he didn't, like, now that he's realized it and he was also, like, mysteriously drawn to Poseidon's cabin, he's just like, hmm, my dad better claim me soon. I wonder who he is. God. No, he doesn't even think, I mean, to be fair, he hasn't had time to process anything. So for him to be able to form a thought would be expecting a lot from him right now. That's true. Also, I'm just like surprised. If they know Hermes' cabin is the one where all the indeterminants go, why wouldn't they just make it a little bigger? (laughs) Right? Like they just squish them all in there. It's really mean. But then I I think because the other gods would 
take it as an offense, like an offensive then thing. Then claim your freaking kid. Like it's Zeus not- would be like, how dare someone's cabin be bigger than mine, even though his is empty. I know. <laughs> And I'm super excited for the Capture the Flag ep- oh, me uh, episode. Too. I keep saying episode. Chapter. It's, the, it's an episode. The next one will be the Capture the Flag episode. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I loved that chapter. It's gonna be it's gonna be a rough one to try to summarize. Because uh-huh. it's just like a lot of information. But I just I remember as a child just being super thrilled and always being disappointed when my regular Capture the Flag games that they made us play in school was just never as fun. No one got claimed. I have a whole, I don't know if you remember this, but I'll tell it in the story, but I have a, or in the next episode, but I have a whole, do you remember playing Capture the Flag at our friend Grace's house? Vaguely. There was a time where you and me like destroyed everyone and I'll tell it in the next episode, but I'm like, I have this very distinct memory of it. I loved Capture the Flag. I was always good at it because I would sneak to the other side and I was like the goody two shoes kid that nobody like suspected. And then I just take the flag. I peaked when I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> I like now that you mentioned it. I have like a, wasn't it like a birthday party? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was good. We like destroyed. Anyway, <laughs> remember? Um, sorry, this is like a tangent. Remember, um, we played hide and seek, and no one could find me. Like yes. this was like in college. No, like, that was later. both of us. We were the last yes. two, and you were in the washer. Yes, I was. <laughs> We're very and small. I was we're the smallest. We would always be the yeah. last two. Oh, amazing. God, yeah. Yes. This was this was like right before college. But no, yeah, this was we after college. This was like in college, dude. We went to, to um the cabin. We were like oh adults. <laughs> we were adults. We were I love adults. that. Hide and seek is fun as an adult. I'd I still know. do it. I know. I was very uncomfortable. I was in the dryer, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah the very washer, dangerous. I feel like that would, that would hurt a little yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to no be, like, crawled me. around like They had to give up. They didn't find me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Amazing. that was a little like, self of brag. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Do you you're, wanna- I'm like, I want to play Capture the Flag, and you're like, I want to play Hide and Seek. <laughs> it's just, like, opposite of our personalities, to be honest. It's I know. what you'd expect. I yeah. I know. Maybe that's, I don't know. Shall we move on to our um, Zeus's lightning bolt round questions? Yes. Do you have some questions for me? I do. I do. Okay. So number one, how would you fight the Minotaur? I would first die. First thing that comes to, okay. That's the first thing that comes <laughs> I would simply die. That's the truth. That's a great answer. Thank you. I, I would say I would try to outsmart it. I'd probably also die, but yeah. I feel like I'd try to trick it. I'd try to talk to it. I'd be like, I'm also a Minotaur. <laughs> oh, did you go to Claire's? <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> Talk to it about its nose piercing. See, I've been thinking of one and it just killed me right then and yeah. there. Yeah. Where'd you get it? That's yeah. really nice. Is that gold? <laughs> um, next, what would nectar slash ambrosia taste like to you? Ooh, um, probably like a warm chocolate chip cookie and coffee. Mm. That's like Ooh. my favorite go-to, like my ideal if you want to win my heart. That's the snack I love. The snack to your heart. Snack I'd say to my heart. <laughs> Or hot Cheetos. (laughs) Ew, I hate hot Cheetos. Everyone, nobody understands me. I don't like Cheetos and everyone loves Cheetos. I've hated them since I was a youth. Anyways. (laughs) What would yours Um, be? Mine would be my dad's like Christmas fudge recipe. Oh, that sounds Mm. so good. Mm. So, and then if you were stuck in Mr. D's position, like what would be your non-alcoholic drink of choice instead of Diet Coke? Okay, ready for this? Sure. Water. 
Oh, look at you, hydrated. I love water. I love the taste of water. I prefer water over everything else. I would rather, um, coffee would be good too. Maybe you are a child of Poseidon. Because <laughs> like I have to water. drink water. Yeah. No, I would Nobody also like, enjoys water. enjoy some coffee, but like I can't drink too much coffee or it's like, I'll just start being too energetic. Like it doesn't keep me up. It doesn't keep me awake, but it does give me like anxiety. So I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. me sweat bullets. I can't yeah. do coffee. What um, would yours be? Mine would probably be apple juice. <laughs> But like Martinelli's. <laughs> Not in a box. <laughs> Not in a box. The kinds that come in the little glass, like yeah, little glass yeah. circles. Those are delicious. Yeah. I, I They're so that. good. Yeah. Thank you. I love yeah. apple juice. And it like, it quenches your, like if I was hungry too, but I like, yeah. you know, dinner wasn't for a bit, have some apple juice, get some sugar in you. Yeah. And my last question is, what stupid thing would you be the supreme lord of? <laughs> How Percy is supreme lord of the bathroom. What are you supreme lord of? <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. Same. I honestly haven't thought of my answer to this. <laughs> it's, it's a quite a deep question. Like Lord Supreme Lord of Yeah, but it has to be a stupid thing. Like, yeah. like the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> my first thought is I'd be like of the bookshelf. <laughs> now that's fair. Because I'm really I spent like three hours organizing my bookshelf when I moved into this place. But that's not, like, that stupid. Like, stupidly, I like to fold laundry. Like, maybe I'd be the supreme lord of laundry. Oh, that would make sense. <laughs> I can see that for you, yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I hate folding laundry. I just, like, it's, like, the worst thing. I can do all the other parts of laundry. I love it. I just hate well, folding it. I don't fold it, per se. I like sorting it. I don't fold my clothes nicely. Like, if you want to, like, I didn't get stupid to fold my dirty like not dirty my like sleep t-shirts i'm like i'm not gonna fold these i just crinkle them up and sleep in them but i i so, could be the supreme lord of sorting laundry so are you just your sleep shirts just in balls in your drawer no no they're not like in they're they're, they're folded but they're not like nice folded okay, you know yeah they're like yeah hmm I think I'd be like a supreme lord of nail polish. I'm stupidly Ooh. good at putting nail polish on myself and others. And I love it. That's fun. I like putting That's nail polish on other people. Yeah. I'm very good at it and I enjoy it. And I don't like going and getting my nails done because I don't like strangers touching me. But like mm-hmm. I will do mm-hmm. – I'll put nail polish for other people and I'll do the whole thing of like nail – like lotion and like push their cuticles back and everything. But Ooh, like, look at that. Yeah. I have to have you do my nails. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. All right. Those are all of the questions that I have. Well, they were well done. Thank now you. I have, to, I have to think about what my uh, supreme lordness would be. Right. Yeah. Nail polish Nail doing. Nail polish, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, All next right. episode, um, we're excited about Capture the Flag. Capture the Flag. I That's going to be the main the main event of the yeah. next episode. Yeah, chapter 7 through 10. Through 9. Yes, I can do I can do basic math. <laughs> so this episode is not as I can't do math today. Uh, so make sure that you are following us on social media on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Camp Half Pod. And email us if you have any thoughts, opinions, hot takes, or you want to send in some lightning bolt questions for us. We're gonna get a bunch of people being like, "Why do you guys hate Grover?" <laughs> we don't. <laughs> promise. Uh, email us at camphalfpod at gmail.com. 
if you enjoyed this rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast if you didn't just leave <laughs> don't, don't, just don't leave. give us a why are you here <laughs> yeah leave. just leave it's fine it's fine you it's don't okay. have to we forgive you we do so yes on that note we will see hear you talk to you whatever it is you will hear us <laughs> next time when we play capture the flag Thank you.